You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I, I just want people to stop bitching and actually start like doing stuff. And I mean, I appreciate that about, um, you know, your, yeah. your interview of Mark, it was like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get offline. You gotta get in the real world and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I know we're kind of recording mid conversation, but more or less. I feel like we're just going to start at this point. Let's just go ahead and just start. <laughs> we it. Hey, it's your show. It's your show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a professional. I just jump into it, and hopefully, not enough people Clearly. drop off. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> you, you've done you've done a lot of stuff. You've um, you're you're an entertainer. Um, you've done comedy. I mean, you've done basically everything except like underground boxing and stuff like that. I I discovered you through Lions of Liberty. My good friend and business partner uh, Mark Claire went ahead went ahead and had you on, and you guys had a conversation that I've been having with my audience for a while, and I just really wanted to focus more on this one key element. I kind of had a rant last week where basically I was like, listen, uh, I've got, I've got like half my audience, which is actively Mm -hmm. trying to do things to improve their lives. They're actually trying to, you know, question the world around them and try and become more self-reliant, you know, more independent. And I've got like the other half, which might agree with me on stuff, but they don't, they don't do anything. It's like a lot of them have one foot in like 2019. And then they've got the other foot in like the post lockdown world. And what frustrates me is that I, I encounter people just every day, grocery store, running errands, getting coffee. It's mm-hmm. like they want to forget that the lockdowns of 2020 happened. And I get that a lot of people don't want to talk about it. But like, you know, whether you were on the left or the right, the one thing I do say is that there are no moderates. You were either for it or against it. You can't have the same opinions. If you're a Republican, you've got to talk about the fact that, yeah, it was Trump that went ahead and passed the giant spending and the stimulus checks and everything. He went with the two weeks to flatten the curve, Mm. which turned into two years of shit. And if you're a Democrat, you have to admit that nothing was done to help everyday people. It was a giant wealth transfer to Bezos and Gates and all the other people. Um, So what I really kind of want to talk about is like, how, how does, how does a mindset shift feel for somebody, especially uh, given your background, you used to be a Bernie supporter. You actually went. You actually went um, to the convention to protest them stealing the nomination from Bernie. Everything and like fast forward a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. So shit's obviously gone down. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm going to address a couple of things on this. Um, and just to clarify, I didn't go to the DNC convention. It was after the election. I flew out to D.C. and I protested outside the D.C. So, oh, you straight just, up went to where they live. Yeah. So oh, I went okay. to their headquarters and there was a group of people who are Bernie supporters. And there was a um, it was a while ago. I forget the name. There was a woman who was running this. I think, you know, Jared Beck, the lawyer who helped sue the D.C. was supposed to be there. I don't think he could make it. But this was after the, the election, after the lawsuit where the judge threw out the case and said, look, they're a private corporation. They can do what they want. They don't have to follow their own charter. They don't have to do anything to their constituents. They're not democratic. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I had that moment. I was like, I gave you a hundred bucks. Like I'm not rich, but I gave you money and you told me to go fuck myself. Oh my God. Like this, this is against everything that you got up on the podium and said that you were about like how dare you and I was so pissed and I thought okay well you know and in my naive thinking I'm like well I'm gonna do things the right way I'm gonna make my voice heard and I'm gonna protest the way that we're all told to do peacefully which is you know you go get a permit you go outside the building with the microphone on a Sunday they might as well have had a janitor there there was no one in the building just they don't care right it's like it's so sad it just was like one heartbreak after another um and in terms of a paradigm shift and we'll we'll 
take it back to today, but I've had several in my life. I mean, growing up, I came from a super religious Jewish family, somewhere between conservative and orthodox. And I had a moment in my life where I was like, I'm not an atheist now, but back then I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't really... I've had several moments in my life where I realized I don't want to do what the crowd or the group is doing. I want to go do something else. And I got to carve my own path, even though no formal path exists. And that's hard to, you know, I left my family and I left that religion and, and did my own thing. So that was at least one paradigm shift and moved from New York to Indiana. Total culture shock for me at the time. I mean, this was around, you know, 2005 or so. And, and ironically, my timing sucks, by the way, because I moved back to New York during Hurricane Sandy. Oh. Uh, ju- you know, when my apartment lost power for a week. And yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, and then it's like, well, was in New York during COVID. Shenanigans, right? Whatever you want to call it. <sighs> the I am legend phase of New York. Man. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, I would have like, Oh, but it's tough. But anyway, so yeah, that's hard. I would say to the people who haven't done anything, um, look, we're in different times now. That's the before times. And, and as frustrated and angry as I am, the way that things work is uh, if you do nothing, the default trajectory for all of us, as the World Economic Forum has said, is the year is 2030, you will owe nothing and you will, you will be happy, right? Does, don't you think don't nuts. don't you think it's just so perfect that they choose the guy who looks like a bond villain to like narrate half these commercials and everything else i don't i don't remember yeah. his real name it's like hans gruber or something like the diehard guy who founded the wef it's like you should oh, klaus schwab? You, yeah klaus schwab it's like you oh, will yeah, yeah, yeah. you will own nothing and you will be happy you will eat the bugs you shall live in the pod you yeah. shall watch the the facebook vr headsets you shall be fine oh yeah yeah, the this, shit just, this is the real, this is like the real yeah. world. Like 10 years ago, you tell me that this guy is going to be dictating global policy. And I, I'm yeah. like, that is some bullshit. Now oh. it's like, oh God, this is just an average Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm happy that that name is a lot more, you know, common than it used to be. I'm happy that as, as cartoonish as these people are, and I think that's for a reason, quite honestly, as I believe it's all theater, not that it doesn't have consequence. It most certainly does. But um, like I said, if people do nothing, they'll get nothing. That's the default, right? And so, and I understand I'm not an aggressive person by nature, but it's more so, you know, I want to make people happy, all that. But it's more so if we don't get off our ass and really do something effective, intelligent, and strategic, that's the end of the line. I mean, I think, I think the time for negotiating and diplomacy and going along, get along is over. Like, I think the time of just kind of coasting and doing what you're told is really over. And we saw that with, you know, every boomer saying, go to college, all these things, things weren't perfect before. I think we were starting to kind of already see a bit of the, uh, strain on people with student loans and academia, kind of like the whole fallout of the American dream as we were told. It's the the birth of the American nightmare. It was the creation of this giant, you know, uh, consumer worker class. I think that's what they called it in South Mm. Park when they had their Amazon episode. It's like the consumer worker. They go to Amazon, they box the things, then they go home and they buy more of the things. I I call it, I, I call it the average guy trap which is, and it can go for guy or gal. It's like the average person trap, which is you go to work, you do your nine to five, you go home, you buy shit, you just rinse and repeat. And maybe you take a few weeks off during the year. And, you know, many people have called me a post-libertarian and the often, and and the regular attack is, oh, you're just telling everybody to get rich. And I'm like, I'm not telling you to become a freaking millionaire. Uh, That's certainly not what I'm telling people. But what I am saying is that the one thing you have to have in your life at this point, which is no longer just a convenience, it's a necessity, is you've got to have greater choices. You have to have more of your own control back because when they can go ahead and lock down your business, when they can go ahead mm. and lock down your travel, when they go ahead and force you know, a, a, a experimental drug into you, are, are you really free? Because I know people who are making way more money than me and, mm. and they're less happy 
They have no real options in their lives. They're, they're slaves to a corporate public pact of bullshit. And that is where they're going to be until they retire. So then when they eventually become millionaires and retire, they're just mm. waiting to die. Their best years are behind them. All their choice and prosperity is away. What does it matter if you have a bunch of money when you're 65, but the world is a place where you can't make those choices for yourself of what you want to do and how you can take back your own happiness? It's gone. Yeah, I, I think I think people had a pretty solid idea of not liking the rat race before and sort of, hey, we we all hate this modern nine to five, but at the same time, there's this trade-off that's presented to us, right? Where it's like, look, you don't necessarily have to do manual labor to survive. You don't have to dig ditches all day. Yes, office life sucks and, and it's spiritually devoid, but there's sort of this, I think, fundamental understanding of zooming out and saying, well, our ancestors had it harder and maybe I don't like modernity, but we have better medicine, we have better opportunity, we have better air conditioning, better tech. So I think, at least for me, I could coast on the notion of, okay, well, quality of life is better, but things have changed so drastically within the past few years because there is a direct demolition of the quality of our lives. No doubt about it. Meaning all the, the good times, the abundance, the kind of getting away with doing less and, you know, well... Like I said, the whole concept of the American dream sort of failing and let's say us facing this idea that we might not have as good of a life. Uh, I'm just talking about default, right? I'm not talking about us getting off our ass yet, but but just sort of the default. Oh, if I had a lighter of, right now, I would just be waving it in front of you like, yeah, do your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so like us, the idea of millennials sort of looking and saying, hey, I'm, I might not be as successful as my parents were, was certainly dawning on us, or at least I'm a late uh, millennial, was dawning on us that like a lot of things were just a bullshit bubble uh, before COVID lockdowns and policies. And now that's just sort of accelerated completely, right? Like, so again, everyone hated the rat race. Everyone sort of hates being a debt slave and libertarians were right on the money, pun intended, when they talk about the Federal Reserve and fiat currency and what a what a hoax that is. But it's like, Things are so different now because, as you said, that definition of a slave, maybe it's not chattel, chattel slavery, but it's like if someone says to you, I'm going to coerce you, I'm going to take everything away from you, your means of supporting your family unless you take an experimental injection with no liability, and if you have no choice but to accept that, then yes, and, and that's not what you want to do, then yes, you're a slave. Oh, absolutely. I think that has one of the biggest existential threats we've ever faced uh, as, as a species, like in most recently, right. Other than like a world war or something like that. I mean, it's like that to me is so crazy and I'm so profoundly angry. And I was thinking about this recently. I was, I, I've been pissed about this. I haven't stopped being pissed since like 2020, since all this came out. Right. Because this was uh, supposed to be a travel show. <laughs> Rachel, yeah. this was supposed to be a travel show, and now it's me ranting about this stuff. Yeah. Look, you want to travel, you take some shrooms and call it. You know, <laughs> don't feed those credit card companies and airlines. Don't reward them. But but I was gonna say it's like, it's like, so you're fucking can I swear? Is that is that cool? I should have asked. Oh yeah, we can fucking go for it. Awesome, awesome. So you're fucking telling me I'm supposed to just forgive and forget the past few years to everyone that bullied me and shamed me for not wanting to take a COVID jab. And I've been thinking about this. I'm like, why? And we obviously know that there's a silent majority that doesn't agree with a lot of things that happen. As you said, whether you're Democrat or Republican, a lot of people are not happy with the Biden administration, obviously not happy with a lot of things right now. But, but the question I ask in my mind is like, with everything that just happened, when you really think of the gravity of what just fucking happened, right? Which is just pure evil. And now they're still going after kids, right? With this, like, it's not like this stopped and everyone's like, oh, okay, blah, blah. They haven't backed off since 2020, right? Maybe some mandates have dropped, but they're going after kids hardcore. The question becomes, did a bunch of people just like forget and forgive? I know that they didn't, but I do understand. I So I do understand the desire to go back to normal as quickly as possible to just like 
be under that stress for two years and want to say, okay, things are opening up, let's move on. But to me, it's just like, how do you not see all of that, see the regime for what it is, see all the coercion, the forced craziness, and also that illusion of, you know, because we knew about the Federal Reserve, right? But I didn't know that the medical industry was like this bad, right? Or that all of Big Pharma was this bad or all of that. I didn't know this entire cathedral apparatus was just like as rotten as it is. How could you look at that and say, I'm going to go about my life like nothing has ever changed? How can you, I, I know tons, you know, friends of mine or family of mine who, who, are going about things, you know, either they're still scared of COVID, but like, they're not angry. I'm so like, I'm so angry. And I'm thinking, how can you, and I go, oh, because they believe that there was a pandemic because they believe that there was an emergency (coughs) because they at least believe in some of it. So it's like, and I'm not saying what did it in heaven, Martin. Yeah, I, I mean, with, with this, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you got to wear like five masks because, you know, it can come through the microphone across the stream. It's the viral COVID. You didn't hear about the the, the viral ninja strain. Yeah, it's, it's going it's to come. But I mean, it, 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 it bothers me that my, my circle of people that I regularly yeah. talk to like on a daily basis is so small compared to where, where it was, I'll call it February, 2020. Um, it has, it has gotten so much smaller because especially in, in my, in my field, I, I worked in nonprofits. I worked in politics. Mm-hmm. I worked in the you know, media, all that stuff. I was always surrounded in this and I was always in the, in the level of the libertarian community. And I always felt like if I just know the right things, things will work out. And there became uh-huh. this, this divorce where it was like, you know, the, 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 the one I call it the big three liberty phases of my life. One was when I first discovered what libertarianism was, which was right after I graduated from high school. I joined the army, mm-hmm. Ron Paul, you know, the typical story shit got weird. Then it was, you know, now. So, so it was discovering being a libertarian. It was feeling like, Oh, now I know everything I've reached like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, peak, peak manifest in terms of my libertarian knowledge. I could bug everyone online. And then in 2020, it was the third phase, which was just knowing everything, knowing what's wrong, knowing what's corrupt, being right, and still being a victim to what everyone else is doing. It's not good enough anymore. And I, I, I say this, I put out a newsletter. I did an episode this past week saying, you know, unsubscribe, like ignore me, go away. Go away because you, people's energies are just, I'm about to get really weird. Like I, I believe strongly in what you put out hmm. into the world is what comes back. People's energies are just, they will fuck you up. They will fuck you up. And I just can't handle that. It's like the world is hmm. already constantly inundating you with negativity. You got you to gotta bring in people that are actually building something beneficial. Even if it's preparing for the worst outcome, you have to build towards something. And libertarians just being right about this stuff, you know, let's uh-huh. form a caucus. Well, let's start a meme. Well, let's, you know, go to a rally or something. It doesn't do anything. They, they never change. It's like LARPing, but for retards. Okay. So to address that, and again, I, I'm yeah, just getting over being down, sick. No. <laughs> yeah, from just the being, viral COVID. Oh my goodness. Digital COVID. Oh, I nasty cold, but, uh, <laughs> but I was going to say that, um, yeah, I went from the left to being an ANCAP because if, if your political party tells you to go fuck yourself, I mean, I'm not going to just go join the other party. I'm like, wow, I'm totally disillusioned with the political apparatus. I'm going straight to ANCAP, really, right? If I said screw the political system, I just bypass the LPE, go right on to being an ANCAP. You know, like yeah, still yeah, believe you, in property you got, rights. You got like the jump yeah. two steps and go straight to go card. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so for me, I was at ANCAP around, um, you know, 2018 really solidified my position. I think that libertarians are really good at the engineering aspect of understanding how the system and the regime works. But I think that there's a couple of blind spots. So my blind spot, for instance, with 2020, I thought, hey, if you push people enough and you tell them to do something stupid that hurts themselves, 
they're not going to want to do it, right? Like, <laughs> because I thought, I thought, well, and, and libertarians are correct in this aspect. People do operate out of self-interest. However, it's not always rational, right? Like, I assume, like, oh, well, if, if the state tells people to wear three masks and it's July, like, there's got to be a logical line in the sand where they're going to go, you know what? I'm not doing that. And I was shocked to see just, not that I'm a virologist, but I have a little bit of background in some study. And I was shocked to just see them say, oh yeah, stay inside, avoid sunlight, all, you know, terrible advice, right? Like stop going to the gym. I, uh, you know, just go to the junk food places that are open. We're going to shut down the restaurants. Oh yeah. So I was just like, I think everything they're saying is going to make people sicker. It's going to ruin their immune systems and the constant, you know, being tuned into the mainstream media and the stress. And you know what it is, is that, um, so there was sort of, like I said, that line in the sand where I had to realize I was wrong. See, man is not always a rational actor and part of libertarianism and part of political philosophy is all of us trying to argue that we have the best, clearest understanding of reality and that uh, we're all trying to sort of compete and say, I understand reality better than you do or more accurately. And this is the way things are. I mean, ultimately, that's what politics is. It's, it's sort of um, a, a lens in a worldview for describing what we think reality is, unless like the person saying it is lying and, and trying to throw people off. If people are, if they're being honest about what their position is, we're trying to say, yeah, we're correct and accurate. So I think that libertarians are very good at understanding political power. But again, they're, they're sort of, there's this weird philosophical divide and this comes to religion too where you ask the question is is man sort of inherently rational and moral and then uh. if you sit and you sit with that and you think about it that's where kind of like the enlightenment values and other religions and philosophy just split off because libertarianism is part of enlightenment philosophy just like feminism just like atheism it's saying that man is this autonomous actor that behaves rationally. And if they were unshackled, if you stopped, if, if the state or whatever external force stops fucking with them left to their own devices, they'll just create things. They'll just progress. They'll just like do wonderful stuff. Right. So it's this constant idea of any sort of, um, you know, evil is something external and it's just coming from out an outside force sort of intervening, right? Mm -hmm. That's sort of the idea. But what I realized in 2020 is man is not inherently always logical or rational or kind, right? And there's, there's just a lot of uh, different ways that things could, <laughs> things could go. Right. Do you, do you watch Rick and Morty? I, I used to watch a little bit of it. Okay. Um, did but you, did you ever show, did you yeah. ever see the episode where um, Beth and Jerry, like Morty's parents, they, they go to get the toxicity removed from them, and it, <laughs> man, when they do that, it creates yeah. like Beth becomes like a giant monster, and Jerry yeah. becomes a slug who's just like you know lifting his ass in the air, getting ready to take it prison style. Like, you know, th there's a quote in that episode where they're they're talking about, like, who who's the real, who's the most toxic amongst them? And it's not mm. Beth who looks like a monster. It's Jerry. And and Rick looks at Jerry. He's like, Jerry, you're not a victim. You're a predator. You, you just yeah. you just go along to, to get along. But then all you do is you, you just suck the willpower out of everyone around you. 2020 showed me it's that, you know, there, there are predators and those are the people you always kind of assumed. It was the people that liked being in control from the HOA mm. president to the Karens who would yell at me a mile away when I was hiking in the middle of the woods by myself saying, yeah. you need to socially distance from those people to the cops that arrested gym owners and stuff like that. Yeah. Those were, those you were kind of be like, well, you know, I knew they were kind of like that, but I, you know, this kind of verifies it. It was the people who went along with it who were like, you know, yeah, I agree with you, but let's just go ahead and let this happen. It was those snitches. It was those people who were, who were the worst because they went with it. 
They just yeah. went with it and they dragged everyone else down with them. And, and it, those are a lot of people who I've had to dissociate with it because I don't care if they agree with me on enough things. There's a disconnect between belief and action and, and they're not at that point. Yeah. I want to say two things. And one of them being, um, yeah, when people, I think it's easy to talk about libertarian philosophy and ANCAP and people not stealing and, and respecting other people and everything in times of abundance and good times. So when people are put under stress, you see a lot more of an animalistic, instinctual kind of a, a lot more going on under the surface comes to the Hoarding surface, right? Paper. Like people. Yeah. 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 So people who you thought are strong of character, I mean, when people are really scared and they're hysterical, it brings out the worst in them. And I'm not excusing anything because certainly both the state and the mainstream media are guilty for facilitating an environment like this to constantly have people masking and constantly having COVID. I mean, that's going to keep things going. Like even in the state of New York, I am, if people weren't wearing masks and there wasn't signs everywhere and there wasn't this announcements everywhere, it, it would seem like COVID was disappeared. Really, other than people getting sick occasionally, whatever, it would be done, right? But like it feeds into itself and it is an energetic force, like you said, in many ways. Um, it's almost like people, to, in my mind, I see it as people are literally possessed they're behaving like zombies because there's no consciousness behind the wheel they're like asleep at the wheel so i can't i and i saw like coworkers of mine people who threw me under the bus for coughing for sneezing for not wearing a mask for you name it i can't blame people for going into survival mode and wanting to protect themselves and their family and throw other people under the bus like i, I can't i can't blame people for for immediately sort of like going into this hierarchical mode of, of who's important to them and wanting to focus on that. But what I can blame people for is lacking critical thinking in terms of the information that they're being given. So I can say to them, like, the advice that you're being given is clearly bad and faulty, right? Like, whether you know what's going on or not, we know that something's wrong. And to not be able to identify that something is deeply, deeply wrong with the experts in charge, I can blame people for that, if that makes sense. So, so I'm not yeah. going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm upset that everyone followed the advice of the state and wasn't a libertarian. I don't expect people to be libertarians, right? I don't expect people to share the same values that I do in wanting to be free and wanting to be independent. I understand that the desire for freedom is, is a spectrum and that's going to change based on the individual and their own, their own temperament and dreams and a bunch of other, other factors. But like I said, what I can do is blame people who consider themselves to be scientists, who call themselves doctors, who call themselves this and this and this for not saying anything for facilitating this, for enabling this and going along with this. Like I'm absolutely pissed at those people who know better and should have done better even with, and I understand their licenses being threatened. So I think the tragic thing here is like you said, what's so sad is like, we expect people in the government, like, like Fauci, we expect a Fauci, right? Like we expect an exploitative human being mm -hmm. to come along and, and try to really like take advantage of people. What we don't expect this is the is kid who neighbor. loved being a hall monitor. <laughs> Everyone yeah. knew that guy was going to be a dick when he grew up. What we don't expect is your neighbor or my friends or the people in our family to really enforce this. That's what I didn't expect. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I used to work at a place where I, I, I got into a disagreement with my former boss. I, I was working in a in the policy realm. And, you know, it was like this this mentality of let's go back to like 2012 politics, because that was when it was so great. I'm like, where are we going to talk about like the deficit and like lower taxes? Like, is that where it's going to keep going? And I mean, the, there was this, uh, there was this incessant need for we need to find the moderates, you know, the moderates who aren't far right or mm. far left. And I'm like, the, the whole paradigm is is gone now. Like the whole yeah. thing is different because it, it, it comes down to were you for or were you against it? And if you were for it, did you at least admit that it 
was bad at the ends. Like if you were for it, but now you're like, man, it's it screwed up. We can't do that again. That's perfectly fine. Saying you were for it and then just ignoring everything that happened and saying, well, yeah. you must have some problems. Well, you, you know, that, that was your situation. It wasn't the rest of our situations. It, it's um, it, it's that, that's what bothers me. And it's almost like this, this middle ground. And this is, this is where, you know, I think that if there is a middle it's people who identify the problem, absolutely agree that it happened, but life didn't change. They, they went back to work. They took the mm. jab. They complain about what they see on TV, but they don't actively do anything to try and say, you know, maybe this time I'm going to go ahead and store mo- more food. Maybe this time I'm going to go ahead and start like, you know, a side hustle or something. So my boss wants to go ahead and inject me of something else. I could say, shove it. I'm leaving. You know, yeah. I'm not telling people go find an island and live like John McAfee did. Or I'm Jeffrey telling, Epstein. Or Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, you know, some <laughs> yeah, people are into weird criminal shit like that. <laughs> I mean, that guy had, have you seen the temple? We're going to get on a complete mm-hmm. side trip. Have you seen the temple? I, oh, I, yeah. People, I told people, it's like, did you see Jeffrey Epstein's temple when he was alive, you know, before he killed himself? And they're like, that's not real. I'm like, the man had a freaking temple on his island for orgies and shit. And it's yeah. just that that's a whole other thing. But it's like there are rules, their rules for the rich and their rules for the rest of us. But so, it, yeah. 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 Sorry to cut you off. I was just thinking that, and this is gonna sound terrible, but like I said, I think that um I think that what's what's missing, and and I will tie this together, is what's missing is sort of like trials by fire where people have an opportunity to really spiritually um, develop themselves. I think what's happened is we've removed a lot of initiation into various, um, aspects of the self within society and replace them with just a fake social status. So for instance, it's like, instead of sending you out into the woods to go fight a bear and I'm not endorsing that, I'm just saying we, we get, have you fought a a bear because it's actually (laughs) easier than a lot of people think. Well, you know, (laughs) that's a story that's let's put a pin in that one um what i'm saying is we take a human being and we put them through this conveyor belt of contrived accomplishments that don't really mean anything and we we sort of just throw what what, what are some examples of that let's go ahead let's say let's say if you know if you do nothing if you don't carve your own path like i said the default way of saying is okay you're going to go to college, you know, you're going to get this sort of degree or you're going to go get this job. You're going to go. There's sort of this like default notion of everyone sort of doing the same path or that sort of revolving around that path. Um, and it's only kind of more recently with, with uh, people starting their own businesses and pursuing entrepreneurship and kind of like, you know, not necessarily wanting to go into debt for college and everything. What I'm saying is that that sort of one size fits all path is like a conveyor belt where you're basically just being managed until you die. So you could be a debt slave and you could benefit somebody else. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the default setting for a lot of people, unless they, like you said, take their lives into their own hands and consciously co-create their own reality and say, no, no, no. You know, maybe college is good for some people, but I'm saying to sit there and maybe take a year off and say, what is it that I really am passionate about and I want to do with my life and I can make an income with and try to balance all of those things and really put intent behind it and not just do something because society expects it of you. The only people whose opinions you should give a shit about are those that are like paying your salary. And even that's to a certain limit if they tell you to do something wrong, right? Because everyone yeah. else telling you to just go to colleges, if they're not paying for it, they don't have to suffer the consequences of the advice that they're necessarily giving you, right? So it's just, all I'm trying to say is, um, I think we've, we've really reached a point where we have all these modern day conveniences and we have a lot of good quality of life more than our ancestors did, but it's so spiritually devoid. It's devoid of meaning and purpose. It's that mindless consumerism, like you said, where it's like a person's identity is some conglomeration of like corporate slogans and the stuff that they buy. It's a very atheistic, materialistic um, way of doing things that is not very conscious or intentional or um purposeful other than something sort of 
being handed down to us, right? So my yeah. point here, yeah. So my point here is um, if you if you sort of aren't the captain of your own consciousness, as I like to put it, somebody else will be. And you'll just be a drone uh, going about fulfilling whatever the elites want you to do. That's essentially going to be the default, right? And yeah. like I said, I'm not an aggressive person, but... I recognize this dynamic and I know that if I don't take the initiative to create my own luck and opportunity and go out there and find people and be willing to make mistakes and not be afraid of failure, someone who has a purpose and meaning is going to steamroll me. I mean, this is just, yeah. you know, the nature of things. I, I mean, you, you described it perfectly. I, I, I'd sum it up as there's a difference between living and surviving. And, you know, mm. you could, you could, you could survive until like the age of a hundred, but, but I mean, that, that seems like you took no risks. Yeah. Um, you did enough stuff to get by health wise, everything else. Like it's very possible now, but we know a lot of old people who are like, oh, I wish I had done this. I'm not saying even the, the greatest amongst humans have never died without regret, but I mean, you know, we look at like Bruce mm. Lee and it's like, would somebody rather be Bruce Lee or would they rather be, you know, James who's dying at the local, you know, old folks home. And he's just like, Shit. Yeah. I, I got to this point and what did it get me? It got me right here. Um, I, I had a, I had a friend who who came on the show a couple of times during COVID and it, online you would, you would have thought he was, you know, he, he's one of those libertarian stereotypes. He's, he's putting taxation and theft in his bio and he's talking <laughs> a huge shit. And Not going to make it, but, but he wanted, but he wanted at one point, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. It came around the time of the vaccine yeah. mandates that are now it's like, you know, we, we fell for that shit too. And, um, you know, he was like, you know, I, I have to stop, uh, coming on. We, we should probably stop, you know, retweeting each other and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, like what, what's Is he up, like man? breaking up with you? Like, well, it, it was like a weird, it was like, a weird breakup i mean you know it, it was a weird yeah. situation where i'm like listen man if you're not into me tell me it's my fault don't say no it's 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 my fault i actually said something similar that i was i was joking i'm like oh man like you know tell me it's tell me it's you and not me and he's like no it is you and i'm like what the fuck and he's wow. like you know I, i've got i've got a new job for the government and uh you know i i don't mm. like the stuff but you know I, i'm doing pretty good in my life and i'm i'm moving out and you know i just i can't have you fuck it up and i'm like Oh damn! Mm. The sheep is spoken. <laughs> he doesn't want to, he, but see, that's what he doesn't want to rock the boat. But all the people, I, I understand it to water, a basic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand to mm. a basic degree. And while I respect his decision to do that, he's doing what he's yeah. best for himself. I will never respect cowardice. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of it, and you know what I think it is. I think it's in when it's so easy to be a consumer, and it's so it's so easy to survive because there's so much. Uh, I'm not promoting safety regulation, but let's say when most of the dangerous animals and diseases and weather have been already taken care of, it gives one the false illusion of being like really tough and stable in a way, unless you of course come across a crisis situation, like I said, where COVID policies, not COVID itself, COVID policies are a crisis situation where it's locked down. It's crazy. There's a, you know, there's a lot going on, all the stress. And like, to me, again, it's this weird spiritual report card of suddenly like, look, whether people have had epiphanies along the way or not, here it is ready to go. Right. Whether people are libertarians or not, bam, there's the state acceleration go. Right. That's what just happened. Everyone just got slammed the same way. I mean, granted a little bit in different States, but it's more like, Oh shit. What are the people that aren't libertarians going to do? Or there's plenty of libertarians who are like, we got to COVID vaccinate the kids to get herd immunity. You're like, what? Are you out of your fucking mind? So That's gotten the a little cowardice. excessive. Yeah, I've seen it. And, and the thing is, so when you talk about content of character, it's like I said, is people haven't, uh, you know, it's we're getting into the movie Fight Club, right? Where, where essentially it's this guy who's sick of his life. He he's, feels devoid. He's got the God-shaped hole in his heart and he's trying to fill it with something. And he starts this fight club because it's suddenly, suddenly he found something primal, something missing, right? He's tapping in, whether it's good or not or healthy or not, he was tapping into something. So I think that there's this, there's this void and we all sort of subconsciously feel it, right? We all sort of know it's there. We don't know how to define it necessarily. We all know that there's, there's still like a very 
human element to us that lets us know that something is missing. I, and uh, I think, yeah, 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 I was going to say, so I think that with all the COVID shenanigans, it's easy to look around and be like, wait a minute, we're really missing community. We're missing purpose. We're missing meaning. We're just sort of like having the state and everything centralized to the point where we've, um, taking all these responsibilities. This is, this is the outcome of just outsourcing responsibility after responsibility after responsibility, right? And I'm not trying to, for instance, get on working class parents here, but, but we're, we're seeing like all this degeneracy in public schools. And I think because of shutdowns and everything, a lot of parents for the first time in a while are suddenly like, wait, what exactly is my child learning? Right. So this it's been this revealing of how terrible the system's been and how much like the family unit has been decentralized and just outsourced to where we're suddenly like some of us are waking up and being like, oh, no, this this is not going to work. The way that things are laid out is not good. And we can't keep going like this. Like we can't keep doing this. Right. So I'm happy that some people did wake up and are homeschooling and are saying, no, I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to make changes, right? And look, you and I can get on here. We can try to wake people up. But at the end of the day, it's up to your listeners to really take those first steps. And it's okay to say you don't know how to do something. It's okay to be scared of failing. It's okay. Just start really, start really small. Reach out to people near you. And by the way, there's the people that I like are not just defined by a strict political title. It's not just anarchists or libertarians. I like people with certain characteristics. I like people that are curious, they're intellectual, they're courageous, and that's just going to be scattered amongst different groups, right? Mm -hmm. So again, I mean, we saw good things during all the COVID bullshit. We've seen people say, you know, no, fuck you. I'm not going to do this. We saw that. We've seen people help each other out, drop off care baskets, things like that. So in times of evil and terror and, and horribleness, there's also like some beacons of hope and light where you see the best comes out of people. It's just interesting that way where, like I said, a crisis and stress can bring out different things in people. Unfortunately, it brought out such ugliness. But the good thing is it's like, you know, you know, it's, it's like we have an opportunity to do something about it. And like I said, the solutions haven't really changed. You know, wanting to decentralize and build our own parallel societies, that's always been one of the major solutions. Like that itself hasn't changed. I just think that the urgency for that certainly has accelerated. You yeah, know, I, I've, I've always considered myself uh, a, a pretty religious person. And what's weird is I, I compare myself to where I was at the beginning of 2020. 2020 was supposed to be the best year of my life. I got the job I wanted. I was getting the opportunities I wanted. Everything was going to mm. be great. Mm. But then it all went to shit. But as, I, as mm. time has gone on, I actually looked at it. And it's like, actually, that, that even if I had achieved those things, it still wouldn't have been great to what I have achieved. So even though those were good times where I may have felt like shit because I was in denial that I was feeling like shit, Things got worse, but I made my own life better. I would rather yeah. be me now after all of the shit happened than be who I was had it not happened because it propelled yeah. me to this point in my life. And I mean, I call it, it it's, it's, it's worn out. I mean, people have heard this a million times. So people are going to be like, oh, shit, he's going down this ramp. But like, um, it's like the Matrix. I, I genuinely, I genuinely feel that we are in a we are in a matrix where it's like we're we're we're, we're gonna die, and everyone <laughs> gets to, everyone gets to everyone get has a hundred percent chance of dying, and we're all gonna yeah. get to that point, and we're all gonna look at our lives in the last few seconds, and we're gonna really assess whether or not we made the right decisions because we're gonna see that ultimately the things that we thought mattered didn't matter. And I mean, in in, in the matrix, the one thing that and I've seen that movie a million times. In our circles, it's almost like, you know, part of the Bible. Why not? So it's it's like in the matrix, it's supposed to be the perfect world for people. You know, they're they're in this giant computer, they they live their lives. It's supposed to be a similar life, but it's better than had they actually lived in some cases, according to some people, especially in the recent Matrix movie. But it's like, you know, you still have people who are garbage men. Who who got to choose who was the CEO in the matrix and who was the janitor? 
Because in reality, you're all in the pods. You're all plugged mm. up in the goop. You're all shaved. You're all being used as, 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 as you know, a battery for the machines. It's like, what, what really makes you different? You're all in the pod, except in this, in this game, in this simulation, one of you is a CEO and one of you is a janitor. And you're all paying taxes. Even in the matrix, you pay taxes. You're getting Ew. fucked three times. Well, I think that there's multiple simulations going on, which is a conversation in and of itself. But I was, I was going to say that like, way more than, um, more than one. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And I can get to that, but I want to say like something that I do appreciate is all the hardship I went through before 2020, which isn't just a cope. It's like, if I hadn't gone through such heartbreak and pain and struggled, then it, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to build myself and my character and to learn how to deal with really hard times um, before 2020. So I felt in essence, like a little bit prepared in a, in a emotional and mental way. Right. So kind of like growing up in a religious family and not agreeing with that lifestyle and not wanting to participate. I know what it's like to feel like an outsider. I know what it's like to feel like you're crazy and you're seeing things differently and you, you just don't understand why other people aren't seeing the same things that you do. Not that I'm right about everything, but I'm like, am I nuts? Am I in a different universe? Like what's, uh, so I know what that's like to make a hard decision to say, I'm willing to lose everything in my fucking life to stand up for what I believe in. I'm willing to lose this community. I'm willing to lose these people. I'm willing to lose connections. I'm willing to lose security, leave my family. I'm willing to lose, you know, my house, everything so that I can, you know, because I, I want to be able to say no and live life on my terms. Right. So I know what that's like. And I also know what it's like to have the best plans and the best intentions. And then everything just get kind of rug pulled from you too. So I'm grateful for having bonked my head multiple times in frustrating situations before 2020, because at least like, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, it was a piece of cake. It certainly wasn't, but it was more like when everything happened and I was so frustrated and angry, I was like, okay, at least I know how to try to have healthy outlets and deal with this stress and to have that courage to say, no, I'm not going along with this. I'm going to do something different or I will restart my life if I have to, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, I'm at least again, grateful that I went through so much pain beforehand because it did give me some fortitude for being able to weather like this nonsense in that aspect. And for me a while ago, I made that mental decision of like, you know what? I'm going to pursue truth. I'm going to do what I need to do. And either, you know, you get where I'm coming from or I'm just not for you. Like I'm willing to hear other people's things. I'm certainly willing to admit when I'm wrong. And it's good. It's good to not just have an echo chamber like all the time. But it's like at some point you just got to make a decision. Like I'm not fucking going off the cliff with the cattle. I'm not doing it. It's retarded. It's not worth it. There's, there's no benefit. Fuck it. I'm not eating the bugs and I'm not being in the pot. I'm not, no. You want to own shit. <laughs> I want to own shit. It's like, yeah, absolutely. So I think um, it's just being a stubborn asshole and accepting that and, say you, and being okay with it and say, I'm not always going to be popular. People are not always going to agree with me. That's, that's what I'm fucking... And I think you and I, it's like I talk about uh, a life where, but we have an inner elf that identifies when someone has uh, an alpha flex you know it's like it's like we know yes. we, we we just know even men know you get a boner when you see like someone standing up for what they believe and saying no like i'm not doing that bitch and you're like oh my god you know that's that's so lacking you know that's so i see couples it's weird and i'm not trying to be sexist but like it's weird to me when i see couples and there's like a tall dude and his girlfriend and they're both masked i'm like what do you Tell the bitch, no, like, see, what are you doing? You know, or I know so many people are like, I wouldn't, I got vaccinated because my wife or my girlfriend told me to, told me to go do it. I'm like, like why are you on. bending the knee? 
why are you saying no to the state, but you're bending the knee to this girl? Like just, um, so it's, I think, you know, when we see like, for instance, the gym owner in, I want to say New Jersey. <coughs> yeah. It was that guy. Yeah. New Jersey. Just say no. Fuck you at Tilla's gym. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah. But you see the salon owner in Texas say like, I'm not going to do it. Whether or not they're um, organic or not, I don't know. <coughs> Probably, right? Because I- I'm, I'm a pretty cynical person at this point. I'm like, I don't know what the system's throwing at us or whatever. But assuming that it's organic and it's real, you're, you're just like, yeah. And, and even just one person saying no is like enough to keep us alive, enough to keep us going and be like, okay, not everyone's dead, you know? Yeah, I, I think it matters more than ever because I, I remember I remember people saying like in, in March of 2020, oh, this is like the worst thing I could ever imagine and all that stuff. And I'm not going to say it wasn't scary, but like a few months prior, I had gone to like the uh, – I, I was living in D.C. I, got, I used to get invited to a bunch of stuff. I went to like an embassy event for Rwanda where they were celebrating like – you know, it, well, they weren't celebrating, but it was like, you know, the, the anniversary of the Rwandan genocide. And I was like, you know, we, we're very lucky that this is all we've had to mess with. And it was still really bad. I'm not trying to say, well, you know, it could have been like the Holocaust or something. I, I, don't, I don't play that game. It still sucked. It, it was horrible. It was the worst thing to happen for many people. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if, if you're still working, if you have your life basically together right now and mm-hmm. you're just thinking, oh, I hope it doesn't happen again. I'm just going to act like it's not happening again. It's like, no, man, like it's going to happen. And this is my Alex Jones theory. And we'll, we can, we can wrap up after this, but this is my crazy theory. And people are like, don't talk about that shit, but it's like, it's going to happen again. They will find another reason. I don't know what the reason is. It will be because of climate change or another mm-hmm. pandemic or something else, but they will lock us down again and it will be worse. And they will say, well, you know, we let you get away with some stuff last time, but not this time, bitch. It will be worse. It will be longer. And people will be permanently shoved in a corner as to whether or not they resisted it or not. And the best thing people can do right now is to prepare themselves to opt out of the system to get out of it, to say no, to have that power, that individual freedom. Because if they don't right now, it doesn't matter how much they vote. It doesn't matter what they say online. It doesn't matter what they do. If they are not taking courage in the real world, IRL people, if it's not real, it's not real. But the impacts will be. And we have very, we have a very limited amount of time to get ready for that. Yeah. And you were bringing up earlier, um, you know, it's so devastating to shut down the economy because a lot of our lifeblood is connected to how much income we make. And I'm not saying that things should be that way, obviously, but that centralization of all our resources, all our income, everything like that, you know, it is sort of just, just short of a social credit score. It's like to have, to have, us be so dependent on that system and to have that taken away and be like, Oh my goodness, you know, we're, we're, it's almost like, you know, it, it can take so little or be so instantaneous for the elite to come along and just nab it. Right. And this is being poor has a cost. I mean, being poor has a cost. And I say this as a person who is not a millionaire, but like I, I have, you know, I, I've made choices that people might not agree with or might not be for them, but it's like, I would rather be me than be poor. And they're like, well, money isn't everything. Like it matters in this world where money dictates everything. Well, let me give you an example. So I think about the future all the time. And to what you said, they're going to lock us down or do something worse. I mean, even if it weren't about me or you, you know, if you have a family, if you've got children to take care of, there could be something nasty coming down the pike for them. And I think it's absolutely selfish to have a concept of the system and how it works and to not do something about it. And especially for the future you know, to make the world a better place for people in the future. And, um, and, and yeah, and it's like, I always do that mental, uh, sort of exercise where I think about pre 2020 and I just think about, you know, was there anything I could have seen that could have led up to this moment? 
you know, is that a possibility? Right. And kind of like, cause we saw, you know, we went through nine 11, we saw our freedoms get eroded after nine 11 with the Patriot Act and this and this and this and this. So I think it's on us to realize there's sort of nothing off the table. And I'm not saying that to doom or blackpill. The reason I do conspiracy research, the reason that I really pay attention to this stuff as much as sometimes it's good to take a break for my own or, you know, mental health or emotional health. But it's like the reason I'm so, uh, you know, tuned into this is because I want to do something about it. And the crazy thing is it doesn't matter if you're a libertarian or not. If you're a peasant, if you have no impact on your life or the people around you, then it doesn't really matter what your political title or uh, opinion is because you're just going to be dependent on what other resources are handed to you. You know, so it's on us to create our own opportunities. Basically, nobody's coming to save us. Not Trump, not Jesus that I'm aware of, although that would be nice. You know, he's I, coming. When, you're going to look at him. You're going to be like that I, hippie's flying. Listen, and I'm going to be like, say, Jesus. I just want to say, I hate when people say God always wins because it's like, what about me, motherfucker? Like, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we're still here, motherfucker. Like, so. <clears throat> the way I see it, I'm not an atheist, but I don't believe in uh, spiritual welfare in the sense of like, we, we got us into this mess, whether or not there's demons facilitating that, possibly, but it's like, it's on us to get us out, right? I think that, that bootstrap mentality is always useful, even if it isn't always the entire picture. I think to have a victim mentality is probably one of the worst things you could do. So by all means, yeah, we're being victimized by the system, but like it's on us to figure this shit out. And previous generations had to figure out their own psyops and nonsense and Vietnam War and moon landing and whatever, right? Like, it, but it's on us to figure out our situation, even though it's very much like, you know, bad cop, gay cop, where we've got lockdowns and, and drag shows. I mean, they're coming at us from just different fucking angles. It's like, holy Can't shit. Catch break. <laughs> Can't catch a break. Can only catch COVID. God, <laughs> horrendous. What a time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Great time for content. Rachel, thank you so much for uh, joining the show today. I have gotten a lot out of this. I know my listeners have too. If people want to go ahead and uh, you know jump in the amazing PSYOP machine Twitter, how could they do so? Mm, well, you can reach me at uh, Rachel D. Tobias, R-A-C-H-E-L-D-T-O-B-I-A-S. Um, so you can find my content there. I also have an artist website where I've got my lovely illustrations and drawings and paintings, uh, which is Amerta Studios, A-M-R-T-A studios.com. I also do stand-up comedy. Uh, I'm going to be at Midwest Peace and Liberty in uh, you know, or sort of the middle of this month in Michigan. And there's other festivals coming up, such as Vanu Fest. I was just at Pork Fest. I did uh, 10 minutes of stand-up comedy there. So you can, you can definitely reach out to me, shoot me an email, say hello. If you want me to yell at you to get off your ass, I will do so. Whatever it takes. Folks, I'll make it easy for you. I'll include everything in the show notes today so you can catch up with all the amazing things that Rachel's doing. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. I really do appreciate it. Folks, if you enjoy conversations like this with Rachel, please go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to. You know how the internet works. Anywhere you can listen to the show across Al Gore's amazing World Wide Web is the best place to find us. And as always, we'll be back later in the week. As usual, we're so much W. Martinez. Be safe, be good. Good night. For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door to door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multiple 
multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning, affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Thank you.